welcome to New Mexico Castaways. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and I am talking to you from the Dawn Treader. Right now, I'm in the uh, forward, let's see, forward port side cabin, which belongs to my son and daughter, six-year-old son and ten-year-old daughter, Samuel and Ziva. And I'm going through their room in their absence. <laughs> I know that sounds awful, um, but I warned them that while they are going to visit cousins in Chicago, uh, and my husband is traveling to do his clinical work in New Mexico, I am going to reconmari this house slash boat. Now, if you're new to New Mexico Castaways, um, let me tell you a little bit about us. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and this is the audio companion to my longtime video podcast turned TV show in Albuquerque. And now, basically, this is the primary way I share most of everything that goes on since my family moved on to this sailing catamaran. Uh, we are actually coming up on the one-year anniversary of moving on to the Dawn Treader. It's so hard for me to believe it's been a year already. Um, but, I get, you know, on Facebook you get these updates that say, this time last year, or, you know, on this day. And so, um, looking at that, sure enough, we were leaving New Mexico on this day last year. And uh, we drove across country. We had just finished doing a system or a, a program called KonMari. KonMariing the house, meaning um, we followed this system by Marie Kondo, the life-changing magic of tidying up, to uh, downsize everything in our house and move on to this catamaran. Um, our house was about 2,500 square feet. I don't know the square footage of the boat, but I can tell you it's significantly smaller, a lot less storage, plus there are weight um, requirements that you can't just put everything and anything on the boat. You have to you know, limit the amount of stuff that you have. Well, we have five people who live on the boat. We moved aboard back last June with six people, um, and uh, that was we had a nanny that came with us from New Mexico, and she decided to head back to New Mexico. Uh, we actually had another nanny after that who sailed with us to the Bahamas. Uh, but now she, she went back to college um, to finish her degree. And, uh, in fact, she's the person who's going to be picking up my daughter, Ahava, from gymnastics today. Uh, and then she, Allie, is going to help me uh, KonMari the freshly laundered clothes that are taking up most of the guest room. Uh, and that's really what's on my mind today is um, overhauling or re-overhauling the boat uh, on this almost anniversary of us living here. Uh, I, it's funny because clutter, it's not funny, but clutter has been something that kind of plagued me forever and ever. I grew up with uh, clutter. Um, my mom, uh, I know she struggled with it because it was something that her family struggled with. I have relatives who had way too much. I felt like ours was, we were in pretty much better shape than uh, some of my relatives, but we had a lot of clutter, and uh, it's an ongoing struggle that I face now as an adult as well. And my mom, gratefully, is still alive, and we talk about it all the time. And she and I kind of went through the KonMari process together um, back a year ago, when I was uh, preparing to move on to the boat, she I, I shared a lot of it through Facebook uh, Live, 
and she kind of helped encourage me to stick with it and and uh, and said that some of the things that we experienced uh, was were helpful uh, which is kind of nice to know I hope that one day my kids uh, you know benefit or I benefit from my kids learning and wisdom so anyway um, this is now coming up on the year it it's weird to look around me and see how much stuff we have everywhere again. Now, being on a boat, I'm really um, determined to keep the surfaces clear, um, like all the counter space and, um, you know, the shelving that just kind of, the, not the shelves that hold the books because those have, like, rails, but just the, the little edging uh, shelves or edge of uh, the bedrooms all have clutter on them and our guest room pretty much ever since Allie moved out in January and now at the time of this recording it's June um, well we had some guests so we we kind of fixed it up and made it functional by shoving everything into different cabinets in my bedroom Um, but then as soon as all of our guests left I pulled everything out and it's been living here in this guest room uh, ever since and my I'm determined for the seven days or eight days that um, Nathan's gone this trip and uh, that my two of my kids are out of the house and the other one is training five hours, five days a week, I am determined to get a handle on this mess. Um, And so I thought I'd share some of my thoughts with you as I'm doing that. Now, if you don't know what KonMari is, go back and listen to some of the episodes about that because um, that really is, I, it was a good part of this uh, podcast and, and prep before it became New Mexico Castaways, and I was still calling it New Mexicast. Um, a lot of my episodes were about um, trying to downsize and deal with the KonMari process. So um, feel free to go back through the archives and find some of that information. Uh, but today, what I'm, what's on my mind is just well, A, how much you can accumulate with five people on a boat when you, even with four months of that year being spent on remote islands where you shouldn't be able to accumulate much because they don't have a lot, um, you still find that there are things that just never find a home. And that's, for me, that's the number one thing that is going to spark my decision about the stuff for this round. Now, I am not doing the traditional uh, KonMari festival, as they call it, where you basically, what I should be doing is taking every article of clothing out of every part of the boat, putting it in a pile on one of the beds or the dining room table or wherever, and then holding each item and determining what sparks joy. If it doesn't spark joy, meaning if it doesn't give you that feeling of joy when you handle it, than you are to get rid of it. Well, I don't really want to do that because we actually did a really nice job in the past year. Here's what we were successful at, and that is we maintained the, um, the, the KonMari folding process, if you will, meaning all of the clothes, except for the big pile on the guest room uh, bed, are folded in what I like to call the, the bento boxes, um, by the way, that you'll hear some noises. I'll just warn you ahead of time because I've tried to reduce as much of the static and lousy um, 
uh, technical side of the, no the audio, but the fact of the matter is um, I live on a boat, and when my family left this morning, I happily turned off all the air conditioning and, um, and just opened up the boat and let the breeze come in. It's been raining for days and days and days and days and days and days, and if you want to see some of that rain, you can go to my Facebook page and look at that. Um, that would be New Mexicast, but uh, I did some live uh, videos on that page. Uh, but anyway, so I opened things up. So you're going to hear some wind noise. You probably also hear the ice machine working in the background because we have no ice. And since we are attached to uh, shore power, we're making ice, um, which on a side note is one of our favorite things that we uh, one of our favorite luxuries that we have here on the Dawn Treader. Um, a lot of people would not have uh, wasted the power that is required to make that ice, which I'm right next to right now, so you can hear how loud it is. Very loud. Um, but that is something that has been something we love, love, love. Anyway, so we have the ice maker noise and the wind, and I'll apologize for that in advance. So getting back to the new... Um, KonMari, if you will, um, way that I'm approaching this second part of my festival, let's say. So when you do KonMari, um, a big part of what determines if you were successful or not is whether you find a, um, a click point. And that's a big part of what Marie Kondo talks about in her, um, her book, not just uh, the life-changing magic of tidying up, but also um, about the, she has another book called Spark Joy, and a big part of what she talks about is, did you reach a point, do you reach a point where it's like, click, everything clicks, and it feels right, and it's, it's just, it's the right, um, things just come together, and you look at your house and you feel like you've hit that click point, and it just, it just feels good, and a big part of why it doesn't feel like I'm done yet is because I look around the boat and I see every shelf, corner, uh, surface, everything uh, has clutter on it still. But instead, of, I mean, my, I wake up and it, it like frustrates me to no end because all of that stuff should be put away. But then I also think, okay, that is an indication that we have not reached the, the click point because if you do the KonMari system um, and you do it right, you and you see it all the way through, everything has a place and it, it just goes naturally back to that place. You know, when you get home, you unload your bag and then things get put where they belong and it's just kind of a natural flow of things. Well, the problem is... Um, a lot of the stuff that we have here never found a home. And, you know, since it's been a year, now we've had some time to kind of sit with um, some of the stuff and think about what really belongs here on the boat and what, and what doesn't. And um, there's a lot of stuff that we never used in the past year. For example, we brought a lot of learning materials on board because this was our first uh, experience with homeschooling and so I wanted to make sure we had all the supplies we needed and really sorry I'm moving books now as we talk um, and I wanted to make sure we had what we needed so that I could educate the kids well homeschooling is a whole different 
episode to talk about sometime, but it, it definitely wasn't like I had all of these materials and I would wake up and say, okay, great, today here's your assignment and this is what you're going to do. It was much more, you know, piecemeal than that. And there were a lot of times that we had materials, but either they didn't work for the kids. Um, and they, by the way, they're all hand-me-down materials. I didn't invest in any particular curriculum. It wasn't like I said, okay, uh, this curriculum tells us that on Monday or this week you're supposed to accomplish this, this, and this. It was much more of a, oh, well, we have this great uh, math program that somebody uh, handed down to us, and so let's, um, let's do, use that. Well, uh, because of that, I didn't realize how much we needed and how much we didn't need. Um, like, I had no, no gauge of what we really uh, needed to, to, to teach the kids, but also, like, what of these things here on the boat actually needed to stay and what didn't. And, I don't know, a few weeks ago, my daughter, Ahava, who is definitely one of my KonMari war- warriors, and she helps me keep that process going, um, she said, Mommy, we don't have learning materials for me. And she tends to want, like, the fanciest stuff. And so I thought she was just trying to tell me she wanted me to invest in this really expensive curriculum that she had been looking at. And I said, we have plenty. And so to prove it to me, she laid out all the educational materials we had by grade. Um, And sure enough, we do not have uh, what she needs on board. And then it got me thinking, especially now that I'm kind of revisiting it in her absence and in all of the kids' absence right now, it, it got me thinking, you know, what do we have and, and do we use all this stuff? And even though it's really cool, like there's some really nice programs that we have here on the boat um, as far as like workbooks and stuff like that, is it w- stuff we're actually going to use? Just because it's a great program, if we never use it, it's not a great program for us. And then someone else should be able to use that. You know, I really believe that we should be, if, if it's not something that we're putting to use, then we need to let it go so someone else can put it to good use. Uh, and so that's part of what is motivating this, this second chapter, I'll call it, of my KonMari journey. And that is to really look at everything on this boat. I mean everything on this boat. And ask the question, have we used this in the past year at all? And as, it's, as I'm looking at right now, I just opened up a cabinet to put away a Spanish book. Um, and these Spanish books were handed down from um, their, their school, their uh, public school in New Mexico. They were getting rid of them, and they knew I was interested in, in uh, making sure my kids learned Spanish. And so I kept all of these materials. Well, I'm looking at in here, and there's flashcards, Spanish flashcards, which seems really great. We have not used them once, not once, and... They just take up a cabinet. We have, I'm looking in front of me, I've got like electric candles, which seems like a really good thing to have because, you know, you would want um, to be able to have some source of light, but you don't want really fire, open fire on a boat, right? So I thought, oh, these little electric candles will work. Well, first of all, they don't do well in the salty air. And secondly, they don't Um, emit enough light to even make it worth it. So even as I'm talking to you and I'm explaining this, I am going to take these out of the cabinet 
and I'm making a massive pile of things that I think it's time to let go of. And uh, my daughter, Ahava, she'll be home shortly from gymnastics. She is going to work with me um, over the next week or so. And we're just going to go through every single piece of this house and just ask ourselves, is this really something that has been used? Is it something that sparks joy? Because, I mean, if it's something that totally sparks joy but hasn't really been used, then those are the things that we kind of have to justify them, right? I mean, um, I can't think of an example of it right now because most of the stuff that sparks joy we, we use and a lot of the other stuff we just it's just taking up space and so it goes around the, the boat over and over and over. It just cycles through the boat and then it gets moved from one cabinet to another cabinet because it doesn't, nobody's using it. It has nothing to do with anybody's lives. So I'm trying to look around and see what, um, what actually will be used and what won't. And I can tell you, if I'm honest, we could probably get rid of one fourth of the things that are here on this boat. Um, we certainly have way too many stuffed animals. We have way too many papers and books. We have a lot of games, which I love games, but there's all these games that nobody uses. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, so many of these things and thinking, this makes no sense for us to keep this stuff. Um, and yet we keep it because I don't know why. I guess I, I, I always like learning materials. I love learning and I love to have learning things on board. Um, but I'm going to try to shift to only what we're actually using so that it makes room. And this is, the, this is the crux of why I'm doing this, not just to eliminate the clutter and keep me from feeling frustrated and stressed every time I look around the boat, but it's because I believe energetically that you cannot attract that which you want most in your life if you are holding on to things that don't work anymore, and whether it's things or people or circumstances. So in order to, you know, it's like I, I keep this uh, postcard around that, that says, in order to discover new oceans, you must first have the courage to lose sight of the shore. And that is kind of like my mantra for life. It's like, okay, I have to let go of this stuff, which feels so important and uh, meaningful, but, uh, or significant, maybe not meaning, meaningful, but it just feels like we can't get rid of it. Um, but then I start to think, wait, by, by holding on to the stuff that I, I just have a hard time getting rid of, that keeps the stuff and the people and the circumstances that belong in our lives that fit what I call our BAL, which is our big, awesome life, it, it hinders that um, you know, it, it prevents those good things from flowing into our lives. So with that in mind, I'm going to take a break and check the audio because I hear a lot of crackles and I can't tell if it's the headphones or the actual recording. And then when I come back, um, I will share some more about what our next plan is because they are maybe changing. Uh, please stick around. I'll be right back. This is, now I'm going to finish this episode with my daughter. What is your name? My name's Ahava. You don't have to lean into the mic. I don't. Well, I mean. Okay, it's... you should put these back on. Okay, she's wearing my headphones. Uh, I discovered since the beginning of this recording 
that there is a very noticeable crackle and hum in the... Um, when you move the when, mic. Well, in, when I move the mic, but also just kind of an underlying um, fuzzy noise, which I don't know how to get rid of. Um, and I also, my daughter came home from gymnastics. Oh, our dog's barking. Please hold. Can you go find out what she's barking about? Come on, Nala. Oi. Okay, we are back. Nala was barking at someone going by, and we're working really hard to teach her uh, to watch. And, when to bark and when not to bark. Yeah, when to bark and when not to bark. So what I was saying is this episode is a little out of... Uh, it started out with uh, me talking about what we're working on, and now Ahava's back. And I wanted to wrap things up and not leave you hanging, um, because, but I also want to make sh most use of the time that I have. So Ahava and I are sitting here sorting. What are we going through, Mama? We're going through um, the school supplies. Yeah. What is your take on the school supplies? Get rid of everything. Oh, great. And not learn anything? Well, most of the stuff are just stuff. What does that mean? Like, we don't need them and we'll never use them. Yeah, that is basically what we've been looking at, is what do we have that we've never used in the year we've been on the boat and likely won't use in the, in the coming years. near future. Um, a lot of the educational materials, as I was talking about, are, um, are just, we just don't use them. They may be great, uh, you know, they, they're great for somebody, just not great for us because we don't put them to good use, so what's the point, right? Um, so that's what I'm sitting here sorting with Ahava. What's up? That's a 50-50? Yeah, I don't know. But it's already half written. Then. Yeah, so we're looking now it's at... It's a good program, but it's already half written. Then. So that's what we're doing. We're sorting through things on the boat. Um, I wanted to talk about... Uh, I left you before the break telling you that we were going to talk about our upcoming plans and the fact that they might change. And um, there's no one better than this little girl sitting here to share what we've been discussing. Because our original plan was what? To sail up the East Coast and then come back down for my bat mitzvah in Puerto Rico. Yeah, so what she said, I don't know if you could hear, but um, she said we were going to sail up the East Coast this summer and then sail back down to the Caribbean to be in Puerto Rico for... We're, the plan is to be down there for December and January because she has her bat mitzvah, which is... Uh, something that you celebrate when you're uh, 13, uh, and in it's in, in Judaism, of course, and uh, you do that when you're 13, if you're a girl, or a bar mitzvah, if you're a boy, and we're doing it, Ahava's having hers in San Juan, Puerto Rico, in January. Yes. So that was the plan, but you kind of threw a little monkey wrench in just a few days ago. What, what did you say? I want to stay in Florida for the summer. Why? Palm Beach Gymnastics. Yeah. We rock boot. <laughs> Say that again. It, whatever, at the end of the day, our coach says, good job, goodbye. And then we all say, Palm Beach Gymnastics, we rock boom. <laughs> it's your little it's motto our, or chant or whatever. Cheer. It's our cheer or whatever. And so I said... You asked me why I wanted to stay, and I said Palm Beach Gymnastics. We rock boom. <laughs> we rock boom. So, and that's the dilemma, because I had said, um, I love heat. I love being warm. 
In fact, Me as, too. as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, as soon as my family, the rest of the family left, I turned off the air conditioning, opened up the windows. I'm enjoying the Florida, you know, the, the air, the natural air flowing through this boat. And, uh, but even I felt that being here in the summer was excessive. Last summer, we were here through the whole summer, starting in this, about this week last year. And it was, there were moments that it was even unbearable for me, which is saying a lot, because I am very happy being in heat. And um, Not I, for me. I never really was too hot unless I was wearing, like, jeans or something, which... Yeah. But... I just... So you disagree that the summer was bad yeah. too much in but the, Florida? But what was different is that I don't hate winter in New Mexico. Right. So you're, I don't you're fine hate with hot. both. I'm, I'm fine with the weather. Yeah. Because gymnastics is an indoor sport. Because gymnastics is an indoor sport. We learned the hard way yesterday. So um, just a quick side note. Yesterday we played in the very... Fr- we, as if I played... But I supported the players in our our very first tournament in volleyball. Uh, Ziva has been taking beach volleyball up as her sport and taking some lessons. And she found out that there was a tournament here in Delray Beach, and she really wanted to play in it. Well, there was no partner. We couldn't find a partner for her. Because we were playing two-on-two. It was two-on-two, which meant just two girls, and you needed a partner. boy and a girl. Or a boy, yeah, boy or a boy and a girl. It could be co-ed. Well, she was able to get into the tournament last minute, but she didn't have a partner. So what happened? I was her partner. Yeah, the gymnast stepped in because she's, you know, an athlete, so she's physically. I mean, able. I know how to play volleyball, but I have never played two on two before. Right, and we've not. She, none of us have ever played in a tournament before. And we learned the hard way, which is what brought this up, that it it was very hot to play a sport out in the sun all day. How long were we there yesterday? We were there eight hours. Eight hours. We got there at 7.30 and went till like 3.15. Yeah. So. It was a very long day and exhausting. We all got a little, we, we used sunblock, but we all got a little sunburn. Yeah. Um, but it was fun, and I was really proud of you for stepping in and supporting your sister because you. she couldn't have played at all if we didn't win you anything done that. no you didn't win but the, the point was to do it and to support your sister and you, yeah. you mission accomplished so um going back to the change of plans i don't know if there is a change of plans we still at this point are planning to leave here in about two weeks heading up the east coast but a number of things changed from when we made that plan to now one being that Ahava is making major progress in gymnastics. Yes, I'm doing back handsprings on beam now. And you really enjoy your coach. Is. Huh? Coaches. Coaches, right? And they're they And feel, teammates. And and the gym itself. And you just you know, there's a lot of good things going on gymnastically. So that that's one thing that may change our plan, um, because she would like to stay. But another is I was planning to go up the East Coast, largely to see my brother and his family, because he's stationed in the military. In he's a, he's a Marine, a U.S. Marine, and he's stationed in uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Well, I did not coordinate very well, and they made other plans. Actually, and it's for Liam's baptism. 
Yeah, so they'll be in Chicago while we were going to be in North Carolina. So that's a bummer, and that also makes me not feel the rush to head north necessarily, other than to escape the heat. And with the, in the back of my mind, I can't help but remember times where I've gone up to the northeast um, in the summer with my family, and it was quite hot there as well, and there were lots of bugs. And there's going to be lots of bugs here too, but I'm just saying, you know, it's something to think about. Um, if we did stay... That's the great thing about living on a boat. And the worst thing, your plans change. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a very good way to end, I think. Your plans change, and that's the best and the worst thing about living on a boat. Hopefully more good than bad, though. Most of the time. Are you glad to still be living on the boat? Oh, yes. I'm probably the one that loves the boat all day, every day. Yeah, you're not. You're not like Daddy who threatens to said, sell it every day. <laughs> mm, I have never said that I want to move off the boat. That's true. You haven't, and I'm glad for that. Oh wait, I just did. I like to live on a boat. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, it's even really... though you were saying that too when the AC was broken. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did say maybe we need to put it up for sale because it it was so so many projects, so little time that Nathan's on board. He just. It's just one thing after the other after the other, and it just wasn't fun for him anymore. I do. But I'd hope, hopefully we can convince him to keep going. Okay. All right. Should we wrap it up? Yes. All right. Call me gymnastics. <laughs> You're funny. And we're going to uh, we're going to go watch The Dark Crystal, because now we have no one else in the house. We don't have to worry, because I don't think my husband would like that movie, because it's just too, you know... Um, it has Muppets in it, so he wouldn't like it, and it would be too scary for your siblings. Yeah. So, and, but I like it, and I hope you'll like it. But, okay. But if you don't, at least I'll get to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so we got that if going If I don't like it, then I don't have to watch it again. That's right. One time. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Thanks for listening to New Mexico Castaways, and uh, hopefully the crackling and background noise wasn't too uh, overwhelming. If you like these episodes and you want to see more or hear more, uh, feel free to leave a review in iTunes and let people know that it's awesome. And especially when I have a great interview with someone like Ahava. Uh, can you say goodbye? Good job. Goodbye. Good job. Goodbye. And thanks for listening. Bye. Um, wait, are you done? I don't know. Are we done? Um, no. Almost. Okay. So, one more thing. I, hold on. Never mind. But goodbye. Oh, come on. Now you left everybody wanting more. <laughs> what? Okay. Um, and the other good and bad thing about living on a boat is that you're with your siblings all the time. The good thing is that... The bad thing is that you're with your siblings all the time. The good thing is you're with your siblings all the time. So you build a better relationship, but it's a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. I often say that, for me, that's kind of the best and the worst part, is that we're forced to deal with conflict quickly, but... Because we're all squished together. Yeah, we're all squished together. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Thanks. It was great talking to you, and I'm glad you joined this show. You're welcome. <laughs> That's from Moana. 
All right, this has been New Mexico Castaways, uh, and I, this is I'm Rosalinda, and and I'm a Hava Goldfine, and we're out of here. Bye. Bye.